Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so we are joined here today by Dr. Ed Farah and Dr. Ben Thompson. So why don't we go one by one, introduce who you are and what you do. Hi, Dave. Uh, uh, my name's Dr. Ed Farah, or Ed. Um, I want to say thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, I love the podcast, and it's a real pleasure to tell people about what we're doing at Otto. So uh, I'm a medical doctor. Uh, I graduated medical school in 20, 2015. Um, so I've been a doctor around six years now. Uh, I spent the first six years of my medical career as a doctor in the Royal Air Force. Um, and during that time, um, spent two years working in Birmingham, um, and then went to work uh, start to start my surgical training uh, in London, did two years of surgical training. And it was during that time that I sort of thought maybe this isn't this wasn't for me, wanted to try something else. So that was sort of when I had the idea for Otto. Um, and around a year ago now, um, got together with George, who's my co-founder of Otto. Um, he's also he was a doctor in the Navy. And um, that's when we decided we wanted to we wanted to do something different. So I left the Air Force. Took a, took, took a career break, and here I am as the co-founder of Otto. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today. Ben? My name is Ben Thompson. I'm an audiologist. I live in California. I completed my audiology residency at UCSF, San Francisco, California, about three years ago. And since that time, I've become a tinnitus specialist. For me, it started with an appointment I had in San Francisco where I had a patient drive four hours from Lake Tahoe for a tinnitus consultation. And to me, meeting that patient, realizing the need and their willingness to drive four hours to seek consultation was the sign for me to start to get involved with the digital space, to leverage technology, video conferencing, telehealth to help people with tinnitus. Since then, I started puretinnitus.com and my main marketing efforts for that has been a YouTube channel focused on tinnitus and hearing loss. Glad to be here, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here as well, Ben. Um, really looking forward to this conversation. Um, as you can probably discern from both of their introductions, uh, there's going to be a lot of tinnitus talk today. That's going to be the focus of this conversation. Um, the way that you know this whole thing kind of came to be, uh, I met Ben recently and um, you know checked out his YouTube channel, and I thought that this was really interesting the way that he was branding himself as a tinnitus specialist and, um, you know, kind of putting out a lot of content around that. And so uh, we linked up, he had heard um, a few of my episodes before where I had alluded to some of these new like online tools that people uh, are using. Because I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of this podcast. I reached <laughs> out like a fanboy. I said, Dave, you got to have me on. Let's talk. I love it. Well, welcome. I'm glad that you did because this is going to be an awesome conversation. So, you know, one thing led to another. We both uh, linked up and then um, I saw relatively recently and I think it was like Hearing Health Matters, um, Ed's company, Odo, um, it really caught my attention because it, it kind of falls right in the future ear wheelhouse, a new app, you know, an emerging technology that's designed to take an innovative approach on combating something that is kind of invisible like tinnitus, but it's also extremely pervasive. Um, I think there's something like 390 million people that suffer from this. So it's debilitating for a lot of people. And to Ben's point, you have people driving four hours uh, to seek treatment for this. So clearly something's broken and um, we need to to combat this, I think, as, as an industry. And so wanted to bring these two on today, um, Ben being an expert and an audiologist in this space, and then Ed as the founder of a company building a tool specifically designed to combat it. So um, let's just get right into it. Ed, why don't we start with a little bit of a backstory? I mean, that's really fascinating that, you know, you were a medic in the, uh, the Royal Air Force. So I'm assuming that maybe that 
was uh, there was maybe some sort of connection between your time there and then, you know, when you decided to make the leap over to uh, over to Odo. So just help me to walk through how Odo came to be. And then, you know, what that I think you I saw you guys started like in 2020. So what this first year more or less has been like for you all. Yeah, sure. So I think this whole thing started a number of years ago, actually, when George and I first had the idea and it this the sort of the idea came about when George and I were seeing a large number of men and women as patients, as our patients in the military. We were seeing a large number of these people that had tinnitus and hearing problems as a result of their job. So as I'm sure you can imagine, um, in the military, there's, there's a lot of high risk jobs when it comes to hearing. Um, so weapons, firing explosions, loud engines, that sort of thing. And in speaking to these people, these people were coming to us, um, obviously their hearing was damaged, but they were getting tinnitus as well. And they were suffering a lot with their tinnitus. And what I found really interesting was that I'd assumed at this point that their, their hearing would be a bigger problem for them, not being able to hear things. But even people with bad hearing loss, their tinnitus was the bigger problem for them. And I looked into it and I thought, okay, well, you know, tinnitus isn't something that we really learn about in medical school. We don't really cover much, much hearing, um, uh, much, much information about hearing, which is, which is strange because it's such a common problem, such a common condition. So I looked into it and I thought, okay, well, there must be some help available for people with tinnitus. It, it really does make people's lives miserable. What help is available? So looked into it and found that, uh, firstly, obviously there's no cure. Um, secondly, effective treatment does exist in the form of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT. But if you want to access this on the NHS in the UK, uh, National Health Service, um, you may be waiting four, five, six months, perhaps even a year to see a therapist. And if you want to, if you don't live in the UK or you want to see a pay, you want to pay to see a therapist privately, you may be paying upwards of, you know, 18, 90, 100 pounds, 100 dollars a session. And um, to me, I just thought, OK, there's, there's something not right here. You know, this is a condition that makes people's lives miserable and they're having to wait all this time to, to do something about it. And there's no help. So I got together with George, we got our heads together and, you know, it had taken us sort of a, uh, maybe 18 months to uh, sort of speaking to each other and playing, putting some ideas around. George and I have known each other a long time. and We've always thought we wanted to start a business together and do something like that together. So we started researching and looking into it and it transpired that tinnitus isn't just a problem on an individual level, but it's also a big societal problem as well. You mentioned 390 million people have tinnitus. Um, I think the number is actually a lot greater than that. It's 390 million people have intrusive tinnitus. That is their quality of life is significantly impacted. So um, that's when sort of George and I got our heads together and we started talking to people. I should mention at this point, George actually has tinnitus as well. I've got mild tinnitus. George is, I think, um, at, at one point in his life was suffering from it quite badly. So George had that understanding of what it was like um, to, have, to have tinnitus and to, and to not have that help available. And that sort of coincides with what happened next when we started speaking to people. We wanted to do some market research and um, what we were finding was happening is that people would go to see their doctor, they'd be diagnosed with tinnitus, they'd start having these problems, you know, their, their, their quality of life would be impacted, they'd go seeking help and their doctor would inevitably say, well, I'm, I'm sorry, there's, there's, there's nothing we can do. And that's obviously frustrating for them because it's incorrect. There is something we can do. There is treatment that is effective. Um, but it's also frustrating because they're going for help and, you know, that help's not being offered to them. And if the help is being offered to them, we're going to have to wait for six months. So this was when George and I realized, OK, this is a this is a big problem. Um, and that's when we decided to, to do something about it. That's an awesome story. And uh, I always find founders that have the problem themselves, you know, they're basically innovating on something that they've experienced to be some of the most effective ones. So the fact that you have, you know, a bit of tinnitus and then your co-founder George has it as well, I think uh, kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, this isn't something where you have, you know, sort of just like a, an outsider's perspective, you've actually dealt with this and you've kind of recognized that this is fundamentally broken with how we treat things. So Ben, let's hear from you a little bit. Obviously you shared about how, you know, 
the impetus to why you became interested in tinnitus, but share with us as a tinnitus specialist, what your service and that product offer or that service offering sort of looks like and, and what the types of experiences that people have when they, you know, when they actually are treating their tinnitus. Yeah, and there's two factors here, which I think are important to recognize is that number one, the educational systems are not teaching the comprehensive tinnitus management that introduces stress, anxiety, sound therapy, hearing aids, how to optimize all of those systems to improve life with tinnitus. The medical, medical schools aren't doing it. Audiology schools typically aren't going as deep as they could. I went to a new program in San Francisco as part of the first cohort the first year and the faculty decided to have two full semesters on tinnitus. So that was collectively 30 hours of lectures on tinnitus from the leading clinical audiologist at the UCSF tinnitus center. And I already came into it with an interest in it. So to have that deep education, I felt like the most engaged student. I loved what we were learning. I could also relate it to my, my experiences with tinnitus, which is milder, caused by loud music exposure, as well as my interest in holistic living and learning how to manage stress, anxiety, and how that can help someone with tinnitus a lot. Um, those, okay, that's the first part of it I wanted to address. The second part is that a lot of audiologists may not feel comfortable. A lot of hearing doctors, hearing specialists may not feel comfortable talking about someone's psychology, stress, anxiety. Uh, most audiologists did not sign up to be therapists, even though our role typically is to counsel someone about hearing and communication and lifestyle. It's typically not getting into depression, stress, anxiety. So, but as a tinnitus specialist, as a doctor in tinnitus, we have to live in that space because that's often the biggest window, the biggest opportunity of what really can be done alongside sound therapy, hearing aids, etc. So I wanted to say that to anyone listening because I feel like we need to set that frame of why this problem exists before we talk about these solutions. And yeah, so what I did for a few years was research anyone in the online space who's offering anything about tinnitus. And Ed, you might have done something similar where you research who are the potential you know, players in this game, who who's on YouTube, Facebook, who has blogs, who has forums that are helping people or seemingly helping people with tinnitus. And do, should I, because I knew I wanted to create an online offering in the tinnitus space, I really enjoyed the work. So. I started with YouTube and I learned essentially what people wanted to, what people needed, what people wanted to learn in the online space via trial and error through creating YouTube videos and talking to people, having a lot of consultations. Through that process, I decided that the best fit for my services in the telehealth tinnitus market, which is global because what I provide is tinnitus coaching. It's not audiology and in my legal counsel that means i can provide tinnitus coaching to anyone anywhere i don't need to be licensed in the state of the person who's receiving tinnitus coaching interesting um so i decided that what the services i wanted to provide are group coaching which we have two monthly meetings via zoom video right now about five to 15 people on each session and tinnitus therapy which is one-on-one -on -one individualized so that those are the services that i provide in the online tinnitus space and they complement other existing offerings other existing online communities pretty well so what do you guys think about that how's it going over there dave <laughs> no, that's really good. I, I I appreciate you walking us through that and and you know prefacing it that way. So, uh, that's yeah, okay. I was just gonna I was just gonna sort of add to your 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 point there, Ben. Your first point. Um, I mentioned earlier when I was at medical school, I didn't learn anything about tinnitus, I, and I I thought back about this numerous times. 
you know, I don't actually think I ever learn about tinnitus. Um, and that might have been my fault because it was a medical school where you sort of you know, go away and you told to learn about stuff yourself. But I don't think there was anything, anything really directed towards, especially tinnitus, which looking into this, you know, looking back on this on, in retrospect is actually for me quite frustrating because in the UK alone, and just the UK, there's over a million appointments to, for people to see their family doctor, their GP per year with tinnitus as the primary complaint. Now, that just to me seems crazy that we're not training doctors to understand tinnitus, um, f- you know, for, for, such a, for such a common problem. Um, because, Ed, Ed do, you, do you think that would impact the overall cost of healthcare in terms of if the GPs, general practitioners, are educating counseling better, that might lead to less depression, stress, anxiety? You, you know, that's that's perfectly leading me on to my next point because there's actually been published research on this and GPs don't know how to manage tinnitus. So what's happening is GPs are putting patients on, you know, benzodiazepines, for example. GPs are prescribing patients sleeping tablets. And it's I wouldn't necessarily say it's the GPs. Obviously, the GPs have a responsibility to... To, to, sorry, GPs, family doctors. Um, obviously, the GPs have a responsibility to learn about this stuff, but it's not in the curriculums. And it's only something that started to change recently. And because it's being, as you say, Ben, because it's being managed incorrectly, then the cost of tinnitus and the impact of tinnitus is going up. You know, the NHS spends um, £750 million per year on tinnitus, and it costs the UK economy £2.5 billion per year. So, um, you know, there's a big individual cost because it's not being managed correctly, but there's a big societal cost as well. Yeah, that's well said there. And um, I guess as we kind of start to get into, you know, obviously we've now framed part of the problem. I think you both have really illustrated that well, um, you know, talking about solutions. Um, ben, you've highlighted, you know, the fact that you have these group therapy sessions and the one-on-one sessions. Um, But I'm curious, Ed, from your standpoint, you know, something that is maybe a little bit more accessible um, and 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 scalable, like an app, um, really intrigues me. I think this is a a great, you know, application of mobile technology. And, And so just help me to understand exactly the way this app works, how you guys designed it, and the benefits that people are getting from it when they start to really use it in a way that it was intended for. Mm. so i'll just preface that by when we we started this we wanted a way for people to access instantly access effective treatment whenever they needed it for tinnitus um and it didn't matter where you are in the world it doesn't matter what time of day it is it doesn't matter you know what type of treatment it is and we sort of came to the realization that the only real way to do that for something that is scalable is a digital product and what better use of an app, something that's constantly on you, in your pocket whenever you need it, and you can just access this stuff at the touch of a button. So that's why the decision made was to go to go for an app. So how does the app work? Well, it's free to download. Um, uh, anyone can, can download and try it for free. And the therapy is split into a series of progressive modules that incorporate all the evidence-based treatment. So... Um, focused around CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, but there's also elements of something called ACT, action center therapy, um, uh, and mindfulness therapy, targeted mindfulness specific to tinnitus, relaxation therapy, and some physical therapy as well. And all these things are are sort of blended into a a spiral curriculum whereby you'll start with just the basic elements of this. And as you work your way through the modules, you'll go on to sort of more complex and more, um, more complex ideas. So each day, the user we're intending for the user to sit down find somewhere comfortable put a pair of headphones on or maybe without headphones press play and that's it you're in the therapy session and it's a five to ten minute session of um, uh, a recorded voice taking you through either a, a cognitive exercise a meditation so once you've gone through that sort of those those initial four modules that core therapy that blends all those things together that's when we can start to introduce users to some sort of some 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 more interesting some some more complex concepts, such as a mindfulness module or a sleep module. Or we can take them back to the exercises that they enjoyed the most in that in that, or they found the most helpful, and they can access these exercises whenever they need. So, in answer to a question about the sort of the benefit that it provides to people, 
Um, I think there's a few things there. Firstly, and I just go back to this, I keep going back to this, but it allows people to instantly access tinnitus therapy whenever they need it. Um, and, you know, if they're waking up in the middle of the night and their therapy is, uh, sorry, their, their, their tinnitus is bad, they can't get to sleep. All they need to do is pick up Otto and open up and, you know, they can go into a sleep session. Um, and that's something that we feel is really important, this instantly accessible thing. Um, sorry, yeah. Ben. Hey, Ed. So when you say tinnitus therapy, can you define what that means? Sound therapy, talk therapy, other forms of therapy? Mm. So tinnitus therapy sort of encompasses a number of things. Um, I think the key element of tinnitus therapy that we use with Otto is CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and I'll just quickly explain how that works for tinnitus. Um, so cognitive behavioral therapy is a type of type of psychological therapy that was initially um, used to help treat things like anxiety and depression. But it's um, since been demonstrated to be effective in tinnitus. And the way CBT works is it helps you. It helps the brain. Um, ref, uh, sorry, it helps to sort of refocus the way the brain reacts to the tinnitus. So, um, of course, when you first get tinnitus, it's a very loud, unpleasant sound and your brain reacts negatively to that. And that stress response causes the tinnitus to become even worse because we know stress makes tinnitus worse. And it's sort of you get like a horrible spiral of, you know, you're more stressed because your tinnitus is terrible. You can't sleep. That makes you even more stressed. Your tinnitus gets louder. And CBT aims to interrupt that cycle, that negative cycle. And the eventual aim with CBT is to get to what we call habituation, where the tinnitus is perhaps even the same volume, but you just don't notice it anymore. Um, and I'll use that, I'll just use a metaphor to describe that. If you imagine going in a long car journey, long plane journey, five, six hours, and especially if you're in an older car, the sound of the wind rushing past the car and the sound of the tires on the road is quite loud. But even after 20 minutes, you stop noticing that sound. Even though it's not a very pleasant sound, you stop noticing it and your brain just doesn't recognize it anymore. And the same thing happens with tinnitus. And that's what CBT and these other therapies aim to train your brain to do. I love that. Thank you for that. Um, ben, as a specialist working in this space, share with me your perspective on this app, what it represents, and from you know a professional standpoint, the way that we as an industry and all the different professionals that might be listening to this right now should be thinking about what Ed and his team are building with Odo. Definitely. I have so many thoughts when I hear this because as we said, there's many people with tinnitus. Most people just need basic information. Most people need to learn what no one has shared with them so far, which is this relationship with anxiety, stress, their psychology, how to use sound effectively, which is called sound therapy, sometimes via hearing aids, but oftentimes not. And learning potentially that we need to get out of the mind and relax into the body. Most of what helps people with tinnitus involves some of that. There's more obscure offerings people have online, but what I just shared are essentially the three pillars, psychology, audiology, and relaxation. Um, so it's important for, the, for someone listening who works with tinnitus patients to realize that there's not one solution for everyone. So we're talking right now about self-guided app, which is similar to an online course and that's distinctly different than referring to a psychologist which is and referring to a psychologist is similar to referring to someone like myself who is a tinnitus specialist consult consultant and that's also sort of similar to a group program which is commonly referred to I know that the British Tinnitus Association and the American Tinnitus Association have support groups so as we can see here, uh, th that's most of what's covered. Now there's also sound therapy resources, different audio files, different apps that are designed specifically for managing tinnitus with, the set, with sound, sound as a therapeutic tool. Um, so Ed's app, Odo, I was browsing it before I downloaded it from the app store. I was looking at it before this session and yes, like, he had mentioned it focuses on the cognitive behavioral therapy techniques and the relaxation and sound and sound as a therapeutic tool, sound therapy. Um, and I've learned that those are the 
those are solid foundations for most people with tinnitus. Those are building blocks, I would say. A lot of people will find that enough and then they will get on with their lives. The tinnitus will stop, will probably still bother them here and bother them here and there, but it's they got what they needed. It's not this mystery that they have to solve on their own. They have some guidance. Um, so my perspectives here for a professional who's listening is to ask a few extra questions to the patient they're seeing to realize what do they really need. And if you as a professional aren't sure what they really need, then try to give them resources for sound therapy, for group support, for relaxation, to let them pick and choose what works with them. That's my major reflection on Odo, the app for tinnitus therapy and CBT, and its place in the market as a resource for doctors who are working with tinnitus patients. Ed, you want to expand on that? Yeah, thanks, Ben. I think you've you've described it almost perfectly there. Um, one of the sort of the problems that we found was that you're completely right. It is possible to access these things, perhaps to a lesser extent, CBT, but it is possible, certainly sound therapy, relaxation therapy. Um, but we felt that and what the feedback from the people we spoke to in our market research, that it's actually quite overwhelming when you first get a diagnosis with tinnitus to try and look and try and look for help. There is nowhere where you can get this stuff all in one place. And if you've just got a new diagnosis of tinnitus or you've got a flare up after a few years, it's getting worse, you know, and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, sorry, there's nothing we can do. You go to your audiologist and says, sorry, I'm not really sure. Like, you know, you're sort of left looking online and, you know, then you get recommended, you know, putting onions in your ears and stuff, um, which people do recommend, by the way, for tinnitus. Um, and it's it's very overwhelming. And what we want to do with Otto is, you know, we want to be, as Ben said, be that first point of call where they can access those three things, those three elements, the, the, the CBT, the relaxation, the psychological, the relaxation and the sound therapy and have that all in one place. I completely agree. And I wanted to make this point. I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this podcast session that if I'm a professional and I see someone who tells me their tinnitus is bad and it's affecting them, if I don't give them a specific trusted resource, then they will be guaranteed to find it themselves. They will be guaranteed to search themselves. Mm -hmm. And it, you can imagine what someone would find because the first thing that appears on a search are three advertisements from companies who are trying to profit off of someone's desperation. So I know it's sad and I know it takes the audiologist an ex or the doctor an extra few minutes to explain these things, but it could save, from my experience working with people one-on-one, -on -one, it could save them three, three months, six months, one year of going down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. I was just working with a patient who for the last 12 months has basically been trying things that are more obscure instead of focusing on the fundamentals and they share with me, okay, I'm, they found me because they feel like they have to start from scratch and their life is completely turned upside down. So that's what we're working with here, Ed. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's a really, really important point, really relevant. Um, and it's so important to signpost as long as there's a trusted resource, whether it's the, the American Tennis Association, British Tennis Association, it's so important to signpost these patients to, to the right resources. And what happens as a result when patients aren't signposted, they either end up spending a lot of money on something or a lot of time, as Ben said, on something that isn't going to help them. And that's going to make their tinnitus worse. That's going to make their psychological state worse. Or they become very bitter and untrustworthy of, 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 of help people that, you know, that all you need to do is to go onto an online uh, tinnitus community and they're very, very distrusting because of so many companies that have tried to take advantage of these people. And, you know, I feel for them because every single, you know, left, right and center, they're trying to be sold something that doesn't have any scientific basis for it and doesn't necessarily, uh, doesn't necessarily work. And they're being sold it as a miracle cure. 
and um, it's it's really upsetting. And I can imagine how frustrating and upsetting it must be for these people when you know, they, particularly if they're going to spend some money on money on one of these things, and it, when it transpires, it doesn't work. Or if if, if actually it might make something worse. And because tinnitus is something that's so common and tinnitus is something that is incurable, you know, you have these, these crazy things popping up. Um, and some, some of them are outright dangerous that could, you know, could potentially do damage to your hearing or make your tinnitus worse. Dave, I want to bring in a point, which I think is core to your message here with future ear, all about hearables, voice technology. I'm listening. I'm wearing an AirPod right now. <laughs> I recently did a video about how to program AirPods Pro for hearing loss, for milder to moderate hearing loss, and for tinnitus relief. And I think that this is a conversation we can have because Ed has a mobile app, which produces sound, which has sound therapy. And I'm essentially creating a tutorial on how someone can use a $200 pair of AirPods to help manage their tinnitus. And both of those are not the end all solution, goodbye audiology, sorry, but it's a tool, it's a stepping stone. And I wanted to bring this into to your space, Dave, with the hearables world. Well, I think that like what's going through my mind right now as I hear you two speak is that um, this allows for, I think, you know, obviously we need to, as a society, address tinnitus at scale. And so somebody needs to take ownership here. Um, and this is a tremendous opportunity for, I think, the uh, hearing professionals to do so. And it it just strikes me that, you know, what that, you know, so much of where this trajectory for, you know, with all of this new emerging technology that's coming about, it, it, I can't stop thinking about this notion that much of what I think the hearing professional of tomorrow, uh, their role is largely going to be to guide you to these solutions and to match you to these solutions. I had a conversation with a fellow, you know, British company uh, with chattable apps not long ago, Giles Tongue over there. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, this is, it's not to say that this is in any way like a replacement to the types of services, maybe your products that you're selling, but it's just another tool that you can add to your repertoire. And in a day and age where, you know, we're constantly, uh, I think these professionals are constantly being bombarded with these um, sort of this speak around, you know, disruption and, um, uh, you know, all of these perceived threats of, of new avenues of, of how you're going to be displaced, whether it be people are going to buy their hearing aids online or they're going to buy them from a big box retailer. And so in my mind, everything kind of boils down to what are you going to do to stand apart? What's going to be the way that people, you know, that you really differentiate yourself. And I've said it on this podcast a hundred different times that for me, it all comes down to leveraging your knowledge and your expertise. And I think this is a huge byproduct of that is to, to familiarize yourself with these kinds of applications um, and understand that you might have a subset of your patients that would benefit from this dramatically. I mean, if, if as what you two are saying, where a lot of this is just pointing them in the right direction and, and helping them to understand what is available to them. And it might just be, you know, it might be an app or it might graduate into something where you do need a tinnitus specialist. And if that's not something that you provide, so be it, but at least familiarize yourself with the tinnitus specialist that you can refer them to like a Ben, so that that still becomes something that you're providing value around. You know, at the end of the day, the people are coming to you because like you said, they're desperate. They're looking for whether it be my quality of life has depreciated so much because I can't hear the world around me and therefore I need some sort of improvement a la hearing aids usually, or it's something like this where I'm suffering from this debilitating tinnitus and I can't seem to find an answer. So please help me. And again, like in my mind, this all represents a really big opportunity for professionals to take ownership of this and say, here are all kinds of out-of-the-box solutions that are new, they're emerging, and, and it, the onus is going to be on the professional to really educate themselves. Like I, if I were in your shoes, I would be like downloading the app, playing around with it, making sure that I at least understand it so that I can speak intelligently to it for any situation that arises that this is pertinent to. Yeah, I wanted to comment and I wanted to ask Ed. So my comment is that what I've learned doing review videos of hearing aids and hearables like AirPods on my YouTube channel is that 
they're getting closer and closer to hearing aids (laughs) and the audiologist might not think that's the case but when i wear them sometimes i think they actually sound better than some hearing aids i've listened to so just to put that into perspective for some situations um i want to ask ed so hearables airpods bluetooth things in our ears oftentimes people with tinnitus who need constant sound therapy are depending on something like this. How does that mesh with your app? And what are your thoughts on the app with Bluetooth stuff in the ears? Cause I think that's really where us three have this, uh, this merging conversation. It's certainly something we've, we've, we've put a lot of thought into, um, and I don't think we have the resource or the capacity to be able to do something with it now because it's very technic- It's a very sort of technically intensive area, but it's certainly something that we need to look into in the future. I completely agree. It's really important. Um, one of the things we're looking into is something called notch therapy, where you cut out the, um, you cut out the sound at the frequency of that person's tinnitus. And I think that would be a good stepping stone for us from our masks at the moment. Um, one thing I think that's relevant there is the application of machine learning and artificial intelligence. So um, we want to better understand the nature of people's tinnitus so we can make suggestions about the, the mask that might be, might be benefiting them. Um, again, it's not something we're, it's not something we're doing at the moment, but we, you know, we, it's certainly something we want to be looking into. Um, of course, if I just, um, my final point, the people using, uh, people using the, the therapy, a lot of them will be using headphones as well. So it's certainly something that we need to be thinking about and certainly something that's important. Yeah. And for, for an audiologist listening, for a professional listening, at the end of the day, our, whether we like it or not, our business model as a whole is based on hearing aid sales. So whether we admit it or not, the audiologist wants to know that if their patient who has tinnitus who might benefit from a hearing aid, that professional wants to know if they are sent to an app or if they are sent to my group coaching program, will I reinforce that hearing aids help tinnitus or will I say, no, don't worry about that. Don't, you don't have to do that because the professional will want to refer them to a resource that agrees with their overall mission it absolutely fits in to what the to the, to the audiologist's best interests as well and i'll tell you the reason why uh, the reason why we think that's the case so um obviously a large number of patients with hearing loss also have tinnitus the two conditions are very closely interlinked now our hypothesis is that and i'm sure many of the listeners out there will agree with me Tinnitus is a huge pain point for audiologists that focus on selling hearing aids. Um, and I'll illustrate that with an example. Um, let's say you have a hearing aid and you go to get a hearing aid fitted at Boots or Specsavers, which are the two big hearing aid vendors in the UK. And you go back to get a checkup and you say to the audiologist, well, this hearing aid is amazing, but what can you do about my tinnitus? My tinnitus has been quite bad recently. Is there any, is there any way you can help with that? And the answer then is, you know, almost certainly going to be, I'm sorry, but you know, there's some resources available online where you need to go and see GP. And that's a real pain point for the patient because that's what the the customer, I should say, sorry. And that's what they should say. uh, And that's, that's, that's something they've been told time and time again by their doctor, by their ENT. There's nothing we can do. So that's, that's a pain point for them. And um, it's frustrating for the, for the audiologist as well, because, you know, there's that feeling of helplessness. And I think there's real value Otto can add to the practice of, of audiologists that sell a lot of hearing aids because it's a way out. It's a way for them to say, here's something you can do. Here's something I can recommend that will help you. And it will go together with your, you know, this, this, because hearing aid is technically sound therapy. It will go together with the sound therapy that the hearing aids providing. And you can learn all these other techniques that will go well with the sound therapy. You know, as Ben, as Ben, you said earlier, the three sort of the three pillars of this, you've got the sound therapy with the hearing aid, but there's other techniques that you can learn with this app. Um, and that's, that's why I think that, that this can be such a, this can have such a big impact on, on audiologists as well. Yeah, I totally agree with you because I've been having this thought of, all right, I know my services with tinnitus, pure tinnitus are helping people, but how do Mm -hmm. I motivate an audiologist to care about it, to send their people Mm -hmm. to potentially get value from it? And I have, I had to bring in the topic of 
will this help their bottom line? And that's probably a strong argument to consider or something, something of value for them that helps not only their goodwill, but also potentially their business. It, it, it's it's providing a better service for their for their you know we can call them patients we can call ding, them ding, ding. as you say they a lot of them will be will be their customers and it's providing a better service and if they're recommending to their clients something that's helping them and something that is benefiting them alongside the hearing aid and I think that client is much more likely to come back to them in the future um, you just say oh, thank you thank you doctor for recommending me this this app it's really, it's been really helpful and it's worked really well with the with the hearing aid. Yeah, I think about when I went to an ENT, I was having problems snoring and <laughs> they said, oh, well, there's a sleep apnea specialist. So they sent me to a sleep apnea specialist and the ENT knows nothing about it. They don't know how happy I've been working with this sleep apnea specialist. They just sent the referral and I'm much more likely to go back to that ENT because I trust them. So let me just say something really quick. You know, if you look at a lot of these like market track studies, these market research reports that come out, there is always a question in there um, that it, it tends to be something like, you know, for the professional, it says, you know, cite your two largest sources of referrals um, or, you know, sources of how you uh, acquired your customer. And it's the top two unanimously every single year is word of mouth, referrals and uh, physician referrals. So like fellow doctors. And, you know, I think that this is, again, if this, if, if we're talking about an issue that there's seemingly not a whole lot of ownership being taken here, I think it presents an opportunity for that ownership. And therefore, from a physician marketing standpoint, you have that, you know, in your, in your local area with all the physicians that are around you, um, they recognize that just like you mentioned there, Ben, with the ENT referring you to the sleep apnea specialist, it could be the same thing where your general physician is referring you to the audiologist because that's their, in their wheelhouse, vice versa with the, um, you know, word of mouth marketing piece that can never go discredited with how important that is to the sale of hearing aids. Because at the end of the day, like you said, Ed, you know, it creates a better experience. So chances are, if you go that extra mile and you provide them with more value, what they're going to do is they're going to walk away from that. And they're going to say, you need to go in, you know, if you're also a candidate um, to have hearing aids or, or, you know, seek these kinds of therapies and solutions, you need to go to this particular person because they know what they're talking about. And they're the expert as it relates to all these different things. It's like a perception thing. It creates a perception with the with the patients and all of their networks that, you know, it's, it's just another opportunity to brand yourself as an expert in all of these different things and take more ownership in different sources of how you can acquire new patients and new customers. I want to add that I believe any audiologist can learn more about tinnitus and probably be a decent tinnitus specialist. So for someone who's listening, that's also an option. You don't have sure. to refer out. You can you can study, you can create that service and you can do it as well. But of course, that won't be the case for every single patient. So having some resource having some trusted resources are still important. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, so you know, we're kind of getting to the end here. Um, I'm curious, Ed, uh, I think one really interesting facet of your company is that you, you know, a lot of this was designed by audiologists too, right? I mean, I think that you've had a significant amount of input from the audiological space, but just help me to understand like your team and the the brains behind it and, and the different sorts of um, walks of life that you have that are gelling together to, to kind of create this, this thing. Sure. I, I think that's one of the coolest things for me. That's one of the coolest things about this. I get to surround myself with people that are a lot more knowledgeable than I am, a lot better at things than I am. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, my co-founder, George. So George has built the app. Um, and as you can see, it certainly doesn't look like the work of a, of a, of a one person, of a one person team on the development. So he's done a marvelous job of, of building something that is, that is, that, that functions very well. It does a great job and he, he's come there very fast as well. So the app that's, that's George's hard work. Um, and then we have the, the therapy team. So the therapy team consists of uh, Anna Pugh, 
um, who I think think we mentioned yeah. earlier. Anna's Anna, been on the podcast before. Such a small world, but yeah, so I'm sure cool many people listening will will know Anna. She's yep. um, she so so Anna's a very very experienced hearing and tinnitus therapist, um, and I'm sure she'll be she'll be listening now. Hi Anna. Um, so Anna's got decades of experience in looking after um, patients with with tinnitus and hearing loss, and she's used that experience to provide us with the content. Um, uh, provide us with the, the therapy content ranging from the, the CBT, the ACT, but also the, the mindfulness as well. So Anna's depth of experience is something that's really um, is something that's, that's that's really made this possible. Um, we then have uh, 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 the third, um, uh, the chief scientific officer, Jamil, Jamil Mazafa. So Jamil is uh, an academic ENT surgeon working in Birmingham. He's been working on otological research, completing his PhD over the last five years um, at the University of Cambridge. Um, so Jamil's responsible for the academic output of the company and Jamil also has clinical oversight for what goes into the app. So the therapy is reviewed by Jamil um, and also Jamil's working on some research um, that we'll be working on over the next year to demonstrate the effectiveness of Otto. Um, and finally, uh, well, not finally, actually, no, there's a, there's a, there's a few more people. Um, so we've got uh, Lily. Um, so Lily Thomas is a trained actor and she uses her creative experience to bring the therapy to life. And um, I'm sure if you've heard any of the therapy sessions, that's Lily's voice you're hearing. So um, I think Lily is the voice of Otto and Lily's um, sort of taken sort of Anna's life work and turned that into a journey. And she's done a wonderful job of that. I think, I think, so you cool. know, the voice is the voice, her voice itself is brilliant and we've had excellent feedback from the voice. Um, but of course, you know, the, the, the journey that, that she's just, she's created that in and Anna and Lily have done a brilliant job of, um, of, of making something that, 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 that people can work their way through. Um, and finally, but not uh, last but not least, we've got uh, Jake Marshall. Uh, so Jake's a sound engineer. Um, so he's got experience in, uh, in industry, previously in music. Um, and one of the reasons why Lily's voice sounds, sounds uh, as, as relaxing as it, as it does and as clear as it does is because of Jake's hard work putting the, putting the therapy content, uh, producing the therapy content. Um, I think Jake, we all, I think we all would benefit from a Jake making our voices extra. <laughs> honestly, so Lily's, vo Lily's voice is, is very relaxing and very calming uh, in person, but Jake's sort of, you know, taking it that extra level. He's done a great job. Jake's also put the masks together as well. So Jake's um, responsible for the, for the, for the sound therapy and the masks. Yeah. Um, we've also got a sort of, we've, we've, we've got a, we've just, we've just brought on a, a marketing person, Denise. So Denise is, um, uh, really, she's she's sort of just joined us joined us a couple of weeks ago, and Denise is working on the marketing and getting new getting new users from from all over the world. And then we've got a, a really hardworking uh, team of interns. We've got three interns who are um, who are working on uh, some of the academic stuff and also writing blogs and getting content created. So we've we've got a great team. You got a um, great team. Yeah, that's really cool. All right. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, guys, um, closing thoughts, you know, what, 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 what are we thinking as, as we kind of come out of this episode? My closing thoughts are that the online space is where people go to search for solutions to their problems. Tinnitus is a problem in a lot of people's lives, and it's a big problem in still many people's lives. That's, that was my inspiration for creating online videos and blog posts to educate properly and then to offer services that I feel are beneficial and not currently present, at least in the United States. That is the group coaching program and individual consultations focusing on the three pillars, audiology, which includes sound therapy, psychology, and relaxation. That's the summary of what Pure Tinnitus is offering to this online space. And I really enjoyed listening to Ed and talk about the team that goes into it. It's certainly a trusted, credible source when we have the medical doctors, audiologists, and psychology coming together. So I'm happy to be introduced to Ed. Happy to be on this podcast, Dave. It's been great to meet you guys. Ed, you want to go next to wrap us up? Yeah, thanks, thanks, Ben. Yeah, so firstly, both thank you very much for having me on. It's been really, really enjoyed talking to both of you about about this. Um, 
Ben, I think you've you've made a lot a lot of the points a lot more eloquently than than I could have done. So um, it's been really useful to hear your insights. So so thank you very much. And you know, I'm sure pure tinnitus is is definitely the ne- that you know that that really important step for a lot of patients. So um, I encourage anyone struggling with tinnitus or struggling with patients with tinnitus to get in touch with Ben. Um, he knows what he's talking about. Um, in terms of sort of final thoughts from me, um, I really want to create something that. You know, there's 400 million people with tinnitus worldwide, and I really want to create something that that can help these people. And um, you know, I suppose this is a this is an ask for the listeners. Um, if anyone wants to help, or if anyone wants to get involved, please get in touch. Um, you can go to the website; it's just joinotto.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, um, and you know, I, we'd, we'd love to have you on, love to have you on board, and we'd love to help. And if anyone's got any questions or wants to talk to me about Otto, please do do get in touch. But you know, it's been great talking to you guys. So thank thank you very much, both of you. Yeah, absolutely. And before we wrap, Ben, uh, share with us where we can find you. YouTube, Ben Thompson, AUD, website, puretinitis.com. Pretty active on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been such a great conversation. I, uh, I fully agree with, with both of what you said. Um, you know, it's just cool. Like when I first started this uh, blog and then the podcast, I anticipated that there were going to be lots of new cool emerging technologies, but to really now be living in this period where it's all coming to life and getting to see these really awesome, you know, different groups and teams that are formal formalizing around these big problems and, you know, using a lot of the tools that are available to us and, and using them as building blocks to create brand new things. And then hearing people like Ben, who, you know, are really taking it upon themselves to make this a big part of their value proposition and, and redefine, you know, maybe what the, 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 uh, audiologist and the hearing professional in 2021 looks like, you know, just at least another facet to think about. So this has been a tremendous conversation. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, definitely will be keeping an eye on what Odo does here uh, across the next few months. Um, like Ed said, if you're at all interested, just be sure to reach out, get in touch. Uh, Cause I do think this is something that a lot of providers can take advantage of. And and, then obviously a lot of uh, patients can benefit from as well. So this has been a great chat. Thanks everybody for tuning in here and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll chat with you next time.